Hello, I'm Maria Titizian and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of October 22. In the news, five Armenian POWs are returned from Azerbaijani captivity. Azerbaijan presents its case against Armenia at the International Court of Justice. A number of employees from the State Revenue Committee are arrested and charged with corruption. Five Armenian POWs were returned on October 19. The POWs were among the group of soldiers who were captured on December 13, 2020, near Khazapert. Four of the POWs had been sentenced to six years in prison in July for what Azerbaijan called minor offenses, adding that their return to Armenia should be regarded as a sign of goodwill from their side. The transfer was mediated by the former head of the Russian peacekeeping mission, Rustam Muradov. The plane carrying the POWs to Armenia was greeted by Russia's ambassador to Armenia, Sergei Kopirkin. Commenting on the release of the prisoners of war, Russia's foreign ministry representative Maria Zakharova stated that Moscow hopes that the process of returning Armenians detained in Azerbaijan will continue. Azerbaijan also handed over the remains of a body to the Armenian side, bringing the total number of bodies retrieved following the end of the war to 1,686. Armenia's human rights defender Arman Tatoyan reported that on the evening of October 16, Azerbaijani forces opened fire in the direction of the village of Yerask, this is in the Ararat region, deliberately targeting residential areas. During the shooting, a bale of hay near one of the homes caught fire. Uh, it was quickly extinguished and no other houses or property suffered damages. According to Tatoyan, such actions are the result of Azerbaijan's hostile and fascist policies. He also noted that it is obvious that Azerbaijani soldiers know that they are causing damage to villagers and these actions prove yet again that the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe's resolution to establish a demilitarized security zone must be implemented. In spite of Azerbaijan's continuous ceasefire violations, the country's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Jehun Bayramov, announced during a joint press conference with his Qatari counterpart on October 18 that Baku will adequately respond to what he said was Armenia's positive steps in the demarcation process, adding that it is important to start the demarcation and delimitation of internationally recognized borders as soon as possible. Bayramov also stated that Azerbaijan is moving toward gradually normalizing relations with Armenia based on principles of international law, noting that in order for the situation in the region to improve, it is necessary to fulfill the obligations of the November 9, uh, 2020 agreement, referring to opening communication routes. Armenia's ombudsman, Arman Tatoyan, reported again on October 18 that Azerbaijani forces, which unlawfully entered Armenia's Kerarkunik region back in May, had built bunkers and paved roads leading to their positions. He also noted that they have noticed a flurry of activity as Azerbaijanis continue to build new roads and have increased their personnel and equipment. In response to Tatoyan, Armenia's defense ministry issued a statement the next day, claiming that Tatoyan's report includes a number of inaccuracies. According to the statement, the ombudsman's claim that Azerbaijan is conducting large-scale construction work is exaggerated, and as they are the ones monitoring Azerbaijani activity, they have not detected an increase in personnel or equipment. Tatoyan then responded to the defense ministry statement and posted video and photo footage, as well as maps proving the accuracy of his report, claiming that since he publicized these events, a campaign to discredit his activities has begun. He also noted that the aim of his report was to show the illegal actions of Azerbaijani armed forces and their impact on the lives of Armenian citizens. 
The deputy prime ministers of Armenia, Russia, and Azerbaijan met in Moscow on October 20 as part of the tripartite agreement reached back in January of this year. They discussed the ongoing negotiations to open communication routes in the region. The day before the session, Azerbaijan's president announced that Baku will be presenting its plans uh, at the meeting about a modern transportation and logistics center that will be established in Zankelan, turning it into a transportation hub for Azerbaijan. Also the day before, Armenia's Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigorian told reporters that legal aspects must be fully studied and considered before demarcation can start, and that process has already begun. The next day, on October 21, Russia's President Vladimir Putin announced that Armenia and Azerbaijan can resolve the border issues based on Soviet maps, which he made clear was in their possession, but that the process also requires compromise from both sides. He also stated that it is important to maintain stability on the border and that nothing can be decided in the conflict without Russia. This week, the International Court of Justice heard the case initiated by Azerbaijan against Armenia. The hearings dealt with Azerbaijan's request for provisional measures to enable Azerbaijan to demine its territory to prevent Armenian organizations like Voma from engaging in incitement of racial hatred against Azerbaijanis and for Armenia to refrain from any measure that might aggravate, extend, or make more difficult the resolution of the dispute. Azerbaijan claimed that by refusing to hand over maps of landmines, Armenia is hindering the return of the Azerbaijani population to the territories that came under its control after the 2020 Artsakh War. The Azerbaijani side also stated that mining the territories was based on ethnic hatred toward Azerbaijanis. Armenia's representative at the at the court, Yerisha Giragosyan, countered Azerbaijan's claim, stating that Baku is spreading false information about who actually placed the mines and for what purpose. He stated that Azerbaijan itself had placed thousands of mines in the conflict zone in the beginning of the 1990s, and while Armenia continuously tried to organize demining operations, Azerbaijan always tried to impede the work of humanitarian demining missions because at the time Armenians lived in those areas. Now that the Armenians uh, are gone, Azerbaijan is raising the issue of landmines. The Armenian side also stated that mines are placed in all conflict zones and the purpose is protection, not racial discrimination. Armenia's representatives also argued that in cooperation with the Halo Trust, all areas except the line of contact were demined and presented this as proof that Armenia did not place landmines in territories that might one day be repopulated by Azerbaijanis, and also added that even Azerbaijani maps show the landmines are only present along the border. The International Court of Justice uh, will be determining whether it has jurisdiction in the case, and just as a reminder, last week Armenia had uh, presented its case against Azerbaijan. In regional news, during his visit to Georgia on October 18, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin announced that Russia should fulfill its obligations towards Russia before proposing a new cooperation format in the region. Austin was referring to what has come to be known as Lavrov's 3 plus 3 format, and that includes Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Georgia, plus Russia, Turkey, and Iran. Uh, in response, Russia's foreign ministry representative Maria Zakharova announced that Russia hopes to implement the 3 plus 3 cooperation format in the region as soon as possible. However, some Western countries, especially the United States, are trying to hinder this process. Zakharova also stated that although the U.S. claims that the new cooperation format was proposed by Russia, in reality, it was initiated by the presidents of Turkey and Azerbaijan. 
Azerbaijan State Customs Committee announced on October 21 that the Iranian drivers detained when crossing the Goriskapan Highway on September 15 have been released. According to Azerbaijan's statement, the drivers had been detained while trying to smuggle goods through Azerbaijan's border and for not having proper documentation, but Azerbaijan released them as a sign of goodwill. On October 21, Armenia's Defense Minister Ashak Karabetyan met with Javier Kolomina Piris, the NATO Secretary General's new special representative for the South Caucasus and Central Asia. During that meeting, Garabetyan stated that NATO member Turkey's involvement in the Artsakh war last year undermined Armenia's trust in the alliance. Piris also met with Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and Foreign Minister Ararat Mirzoyan. The future of Armenia-NATO relations were discussed, among other things. The NATO envoy stated that Armenia is regarded as a reliable partner for the military alliance. A deadly car accident took place on the Gyumri-Yerevan Highway in the early morning hours of October 20. The bus drove off the road and flipped several times, killing the driver and four passengers. Seventeen other passengers were injured and hospitalized. According to the investigative committee, security measures were not properly taken during construction work on the road, which may have caused the accident. An investigation is underway. Vano Siraderian, a former Yerevan mayor and minister of internal affairs, and one of the founding members of the Gharapakh committee passed away this week. Siraderian, an influential and controversial figure in the early years of Armenia's independence, had been in hiding since 2000. After Levon Derbedrosian's resignation in 1998, Siraderian was charged with a number of criminal offenses after which he fled the country and had been wanted by Interpol since. It is not clear whether Armenia's government will allow his body to be returned and buried in the country. A special government commission has been formed to make a decision. On October 19, Armenia's National Security Service reported that a number of officials at the State Revenue Committee were detained for receiving bribes. A high-ranking official and two employees from his department were caught receiving a bribe of 1 million Armenian dirham, that's approximately 2,000 U.S. dollars, from a businessman in a cafe. Um, allegedly, the businessman uh, gave the bribe in order to avoid tax fraud charges. Municipal elections were held in nine communities in Armenia on October 17. In Gyumri, Goris, Dilijan, and Mehri, elections were held by the proportional electoral system to elect city council members who will elect uh, respective community heads. In Gyumri, former mayor Samvel Balasanyan's alliance won 36% of the votes, while the ruling civil contract party won 29% of the votes. Once the seat allocation is completed, the city council will elect its mayor. Civil contract was also defeated in Goris, this is in the Sunik region, where it won only 35% of the votes, while incumbent mayor Arush Arushanyan's alliance won 65% of the votes. Arushanyan is currently in prison for electoral violation charges related to the June parliamentary elections. The civil contract registered a victory in Dilijan, where it won 57% of the votes. Uh, the Republic Party, led by former Prime Minister Armen Sarkisian, won the elections in Mehri with 43% of the vote, while civil contract was able to secure only 33% of the vote. The average voter turnout in the nine communities was only 33%, and we do have more municipal elections ahead in November and December. And now, as always, to COVID. 
The daily numbers of COVID-19 infections continues to rise in Armenia. Um, just in the last two days alone, we had 4,000 new cases, and the daily death rate also remains very high. Armenia will receive 620,000 doses of the Moderna vaccine, this time donated by the Norwegian government. Also, 200,000 doses of the Sinopharm vaccine uh, were also uh, brought to Armenia. And only 6.3% of the population has been fully vaccinated. The hospitals and the healthcare system is under extreme pressure at the moment as more and more people are testing positive and requiring emergency care. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we will be back again next week.